All right, welcome back to another episode of the Strategy Inside Everything. I'm looking forward to this conversation because um, I have been reading this website obsessively um, for as long as I can remember, but I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure how far back I, my history with this category goes, since the uh, site is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year. Uh, today, we have with us the editor in chief of Know Your Meme. Mr. Brad Kim, thank you for joining us, Brad. Hi, Adam. It's a pleasure to be here. Where are you calling in from? Are you in Brooklyn, New York? Yes. Beautiful, um, beautiful Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. That's great. Um, so I've been spending a lot of time uh, on your website pretty much daily. I actually get it in an RSS and I read, uh, at least I read the headlines of every post on on Know Your Meme, which... Oh, thank you. That, that means well, a lot. Well, it blows my mind a little bit because I scan them, but mm -hmm. when I click into them, I'm blown away by the amount of uh, information on most of these memes. Like the, the hard reporting that you guys actually do blows my mind sometimes. Right. Uh, we do a lot of, yes, we do research. <laughs> and, but it's, yeah, but it's hard. It's hardcore. There's real data behind it that tells, that tells you uh, a lot about the birth of, of each of the memes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think, uh, well, to, I guess, <clears throat> in the beginning, and it, it is still very much the case, but uh, to kind of sum up our approach uh, to meme research was to take a very, very serious approach uh, in, in documenting and detailing uh, to a subject matter, which was then uh, mostly trivial to, to lighthearted. Um, and so, you know, it almost kind of began with this uh, momentum of, uh, of, of a joke, but then, um, yes, uh, now it is a framework that we work with. <laughs> Do you, at the beginning, was it a joke? Was it meant to be like ironically serious or was it meant to be, let's really start documenting these things? I think so. I mean, I think there was kind of a hint of uh, self-aware irony um uh, especially uh with the with the web series uh know your meme which was essentially a a a mockumentary um that re you know delved into say lolcats for five minutes right. um, <laughs> using you know critical theories and uh yeah uh it was kind of going overly in depth uh but also um you know we would uh, there would be takeaways in terms of how we how we look at culture and how the culture is developing. Well, that's what I love about the site and the articles is is what what they reflect. If you can go back and look at things over time and look at, I like that you have been doing the year in review right now. You're every month you do what were the top memes, but um, right now mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot on the 2018 in review. And that, it's, those time capsules are very interesting to me. Have you done any work? Um, I'm setting you up for a question you may not have the answer to, but have you done any work looking back at those year in reviews to see how, how they've been different year over year? Uh, very much so, yes. Um, I think, you know, it was definitely around the turn of, uh, of our decade, Mark. Um, and, you know, as with 
lots of other knowledge resource sites do, you know, after uh, making it through the first decade, um, what you have is a, a decade worth of, of historical cultural data. Also just kind of being naturally inclined towards uh, towards mapping and, and indexing things. Um, we've been preoccupying ourselves uh, more and more with taking these, uh, you know, uh, summaries um, of records that exist over a decade. I think we started the monthly monthly review um, in, in 2009. And yeah, uh, combined with other kind of a web analytics data, um, we are trying to definitely map um, kind of the most comprehensive uh, timeline of memes, uh, among other things. I think, yeah, there's a lot of exciting things to be done there. So I, I really do believe that, that Know Your Meme is a valuable resource for people that are trying to tap into culture because it's, it's one place where there's, uh, there is mapping and there is... Uh, uh, documentation behind when something came up and you can legitimately say, uh, no, no, this is, uh, this is already over. I can look at the, I can look at the graph here. Mm-hmm. Um, when, what, tell me a little bit about the, the research stack or the analytics that you guys are using to figure these out. I've, I've spent a lot of time on the site and I, and I try to figure out how you are able to track um, those stories of, you know, behind the memes and, and uncover those. What so, you guys use? Do you know? Sh- sure. So um, <clears throat> we've actually used, uh, well, at, at its core, um, our research process um, has been kind of an evolution of its own. But uh, fundamentally, it's just a lot of Googling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of the anticlimactic answer. But, you know, that as, as investigative research, yeah, usually involves, um, yeah, a lot of it is Googling, using custom, custom ranges, parameters. But um, as far as uh, tracking and monitoring day-to-day, hour-to-hour uh, trends go, we begin with uh, kind of having... Uh, 20 tabs open on certain home pages. Yeah. Uh, of me, yeah, uh, kind of the meme hubs or powerhouses, and we would just uh, press Control R, you know, every 30 minutes. I, re- <laughs> I, just, I remember just we used to do that, waiting for things to load and then seeing what 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 kicks and what responds and what gets likes and what gets shared. It, exactly, and if we saw more purple links than than blue ones, that means we were, you know, uh, we were on a good. A uh, good pace there, but yeah. Now um, you know, you know. After a decade, a lot of uh, a lot of efforts, um, at least at New Year Meme, um, in in New Year Meme platform development, has been really bringing the idea of database to its actual and fullest capacity. So now we actually have kind of a, a pipeline set up where we are uh, regularly uh, scanning. Um, uh, so-called viral content, um, emerging content um, from various sources, and I mean, and the variety of it is, I mean, that that's kind of why we had to uh, centralize the the pipelines for these things because, yeah, I mean, memes are everywhere now. I think as far as figuring out the narrative of uh, of how you know how it became a meme. It still very much requires um, just a thorough googling and 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 
setting up the narrative just to figure out how to go back and find the first place where it jumped from three people laughing about it to 10 people sharing it around right but then you know there are also other aspects uh, that are uh, becoming more accessible like like you like you mentioned earlier um more of a quantitative assessment um and and this is uh, where as far as meme analysis or or i guess the meta meme culture as in as in uh, people who are actively aware and 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 analyzing um meme culture yep. um need to begin to crunch numbers or you know i mean we are already crunching metrics um of likes and shares but in terms of quantifying the you know momentum and scale of how actually big phenomenon x is i think this is what uh, meme culture where meme culture is headed in order to not repeat kind of you know where the term trend uh this you know faded right. into yeah um and and that's kind of my my own um yeah i mean it's it's a theory where you know the i think a part of the big reason why the term meme has such a promising uh rise was because the term trend you know not being able to be quantified you know quickly fell out of favor because everything really was a trend and it just meant hype right right no i'm glad you touched on this because um the word meme has become kind of loaded as it's entered uh mass media culture where you have anchors at desks using the word and Mm-hmm. Uh, sportscasters mispronouncing the word, uh, it kind of have them, uh, that make, cracks me up when they don't know how to say the word. Right. But and that in itself becomes, yeah. Yeah, right. right. Then, then that becomes its own meta reflection of memes. But the word meme has this loaded meaning. And when I'm, when I'm reading about, like, for example, TikTok or um, before that, uh, the proto TikTok, uh, Snapchat. Right. It's not really about, virality and sharing anymore like on tiktok on tiktok what i see from what becomes a meme is more the themes that multiple creators ride on like they they all start dressing like like objects or they all start Mm -hmm. doing things and the meme is the is the theme that they're all executing it's not about a single uh artifact or execution of that Idea right. necessarily like lolcats is its own category, but mm-hmm. almost every meme that comes from TikTok is its own category. I, right, that makes sense. Yes, no, absolutely, and I think uh, that is the the cur- You know, not to always break um, any div- you know any phenomenon into into stages, but I think that is the the current stage of of meme culture that we're in. Is that um, you know memes loosely speaking are yeah uh certain ways or or rules through which you actually express yourself so you know uh like you said you know on tiktok tiktok memes there are certain uh rules or instructions that you that you adhere to but at the heart of it you are the 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 subject of that show of that content you're you're the performer so um we're in a kind of the social uh, environment of, of meme culture where uh, memes are really something that we can use to uh, not only add to an existing message, but really repurpose it or 
uh, one up it. There are lots of options uh, now uh, in, in, in terms of making creative changes uh, to or to develop it further. Does that make sense? No, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I wonder if, um, I wonder if the, I mean, obviously it'll keep evolving, but I just wonder how the shape of it, it now it's almost like um, follow the leader, you know, it's somebody. And then you, I guess for you guys, the task is to figure out, okay, well, who's the first person to start that, that thread that everybody jumped on. So that involves kind of another, um, I guess, field of, uh, of, of research practice, which is mapping. Yeah. Um, and, ma- you know, mapping as in, uh, it's the process that answers um, the three or four W's, you know, who were, you know, the leading uh, voices and, and shaping an opinion or, or, or jumpstarting the trend. And where did this occur? You know, uh, you know, when did these things happen? What are the events that, you know, added to the development that, you know, slowed down the, uh, its momentum? Um, and all of these things are so mappable. <laughs> and I think that's one of kind of the, the, the driving incentive for not only for us, but our research community at large, uh, because, you know, we are a database uh, where our work is very much supported by, by our user base, mm-hmm. is that, you know, it's, it's almost kind of uh, satisfying to collect and map these things because of the precision with which you can you can do this is it um, do you get it do you still get a charge when you're able to track the beginning of a of a story and get to the first post or the the origin of the meme absolutely um actually we do have a we do have kind of a cap on how much time we should spend on uh trying to find that origin before opening it up of the task to the team and then before kind of uh, put tabling it until later. I mean, it is a very, very, <laughs> you know, I mean, that is, yeah, that drives you nuts. I mean, you know, that I, I've definitely just gotten into Google holes um, just, just because you know, it's, you know, uh, it, it, it's there. And, you know, with another hour research, you know, you get closer to it. So um, yeah, I definitely get a charge out of it. And just Googling things in general, where if I think it is, uh, some kind of information that would be available, I, I must find it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, were you um, were were you always uh, curious about these things, or when you started there? I know you started there pretty much at the at the outset of the website. Mm-hmm. What was your experience before? Were you, were you a journalist, or you just shit <laughs> that was into the web, or what? Yeah, I mean, uh, actually both. I got into internet culture pretty early on, um, right around like when I was 14, so like 19, like 99. And having moved from uh, from a completely different culture in Korea, I had just finished elementary school there, and now I was living in Delaware. So uh, for me... I was lucky enough to have internet access, you know, it was 56K, but uh, it definitely um, kind of became my primary tool in, in, you know, getting adjusted and figuring out, you know, what all the fellow kids are 
kids are into. So <laughs> it, it kind of became my second nature and, and you know, uh, almost like a necessary skill um, because, you know, the internet could give me answers on, on, on certain cultural, you know, whys, you know, why, why were people saying, you know, can you smell what the rock is cooking? You know, things. You, right, um, right. Yeah. You, pop culture is the only way to understand them. Exactly. So, and, and the internet was, was the most, it is still the handiest resource um, now kind of as, as for me to keep in touch with, uh, you know, what's happening on the Korean web, for instance. But I was introduced to internet culture um, as, as a learning tool. Uh, but also, uh, you know, websites that I visited were, you know, places like Newgrounds. Um, you know, there mm-hmm. were lots of Flash animation websites. And, you know, I got really into StarCraft and, and you know, the early versions of, uh, of multiplier, on, yeah, multiplayer online games. Oh, got so it. That was my beginning. And then I actually uh, came to New York to study journalism. And, and to make long story short, short um, I majored in political science and journalism with kind of a, you know, floating thought to maybe move to DC and, and get into political journalism. But, you know, being in New York city, um, I definitely drifted into more of the arts and culture aspect of it, of, uh, of the city. And also just the, you know, the beat as, as a, primary focus in journalism studies well your your coverage of uh memes in 2016 and 2000 past that have gotten pretty political (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's become quite yeah and and to think that i I had thought that i i deviated from yeah domain of journalism but you know looking back now um it's it's had an interesting um convergence with with yeah how 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 the news ecosystem and and the meme ecosystem kind of feed off of each other yeah it's almost like they're driving each other you know in in towards a similar output you know right the news the mainstream news media is getting more and more soundbite driven and then really that's what memes are they're just different kinds of little clips and blips and sound bites that people can pick up and share and and right use to their whim and 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 they're convenient uh units uh to to basically cite information off of because you know in the news reporting process you know one of the things that you ascertain first is okay to what degree is this statement notable or you know uh you know how uh widely agreeable is the statement or you know things that pertain to consensus of things memes are essentially units of of ideas and and trends or what have you that arrive with certification that that it is a consensus. So I think, yeah, uh, more and more we'll see. Not only will uh, will memes get political, but the way that we use the word meme um, will definitely um, become closer to what a meme really means uh, in the cultural context at large, which is an idea that is shared by many and, you know, all of that being quantifiable. Do you think, so if I see a meme, there's been a bunch on Brexit recently because of the, the, uh, sure. the votes and everything that's happened there. Mm-hmm. 
some memes instantly I go, okay, all right, all right, that's a that's a commentary on this or that's a commentary on that. But there's a lot of stuff where I'm just like, I don't know what the hell that means to culture. I don't know what that, you know, it's either funny or it's scary or mm -hmm. um, it's silly or it's just like for whatever reason it's going, it's catching going from person to person. How much in your reporting, I know there's a hard, a hard focus on quantifying and really a hard journalistic edge. I don't see you guys doing a lot of um, analysis or taking it that next step of like, well, this is what I think this means to, to the broader culture or what I think it's referencing back to. I mean, it'll always have a literary reference or a literal reference to what came before it. But in terms right. of like the cultural commentary. So I, I'm, I'm really glad you brought this up because A, this is definitely something that uh, we, are in, we are in the process of introducing um, and, and actually integrating into our just day-to-day -day workflow. Because, you know, one of the things that also uh, kind of comes up in the research lab is that, you know, because there are so many more memes now kind of having this, uh, you know, flash in the pan. Um, you know, the complaints that come from uh, the research office is the same as, uh, uh, you know, on anywhere on Reddit, which is, you know, uh, it's, <laughs> it's more of the same, um, you know, and it's not really going to places. When you say and, Reddit, Reddit comments, I, I know exactly what you're <laughs> And, you know, uh, some of it is true. Uh, you know, we do have vast resources of, uh, of materials that we can work with to, to develop uh, theories and, and analyses. And, and we do actually a lot of, we have been doing a lot of this pretty consistently, which is um, actually consulting to, you know, um, sharing insights with um, other journalists who are working on, on um, yeah, in-depth uh, reports on memes. But this is something that, because we're also a pretty small-scale uh, research collective rather than um, a newsroom. The model that we are uh, taking on for, you know, research and analysis, we're we're planning on doing it more as kind of a periodical. So, you know, something like a monthly re monthly report. But definitely, insights is something that we're um, taking on um, hundred percent uh, this year. And the approach that is involved in the process is also very fascinating because it's not just, you know, assessing the size of it, you know, the, you know, the, how the attack rate of how, you know, fast it broke out. It's not about just the numbers. Like you said, it's about the, you know, um, the cultural meaning and the and the implications of things i think uh, so i think it's i for some i mean some things are just flat out dumb or silly you can see that oh i get why that's funny we can move on but sometimes it's, it takes a real analysis i think it, there's a real meat on the bone sure to figure some sometimes i look at stuff that comes out of tiktok in particular and i'm just like there's something really smart in there and I just don't know what it is, like what the commentary actually is, but there, there's some kind <laughs> of a satire. Right. And I think, you know, the, so the egg, you know, uh, oh, bring up the egg. Yeah. For well, let's talk about the egg. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, I think the egg meme was one of those things where, uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people had uh, different, reactions but you know the prevailing one being this is really dumb but you know 
very, very um, reflective of, yeah, uh, meme culture. But really kind of uh, stretching the, the backdrop of how, you know, the egg meme broke the Instagram records and all those things. If we stretch the backdrop to about 10 years, there are actually, uh, there is a lineage that basically the egg meme does share slash um, has its roots in another trend that that became very popular on Facebook around early 2010s, uh, which was basically like an anti-fan page phenomenon. Right. So if we were to break down the egg meme, it's a it's a picture of an egg, but the meme itself is nothing about the egg. And in that sense, it is anti-content. Yeah, the, um, the, the commentary there is anti-everything. It's anti it's anti-meme. It's anti-consumption right. of of uh content. It's like don't look at this dumb egg, go do something. Right. And or it's it's not don't look at this egg, look at this container. And I want you to make this container have more likes than Kim Car- uh than uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, the name's blanking. Um, it was one of the Kardashian sisters, yeah. Yes, um, Kylie, uh, Ky- Kylie Jenner. Yeah, Kylie Jenner. Um, yeah, so that's what the post brought out was that, hey, make this post go, uh, you know, uh, have more likes than Kylie Jenner's post. This kind of uh, benchmarking against celebrities was the crux of the joke uh, when it came to that early Facebook jokes. Um, the One of the most well-known one was, uh, can this onion ring get more right. followers than Justin Bieber? That's right. And it was a Facebook page that had, I think at, at its peak, over a million followers on Facebook. So and I have to say that onion rings are pretty delicious. Right. <laughs> and so, I mean, absolutely. I mean, and, and a mil, you know, more than a million people agree. Yep. Um, now, like all of those Facebook pages are um, either, you know, they've been removed. There is a couple that are still alive. But uh, the point is that, you know, the motif of the, the, the theme of the joke in the egg meme is something that has been iterated and has resonated with people almost a decade ago before. Yeah. And and this kind of connection and lineage, which, you know, it can be argued that, you know, certain things we are, we are the ones that are connecting the dots. But regardless, it's a, it's a pretty fascinating approach to studying culture. Yeah, no, it's an undeniable here. connection, whether the author intended that connection or not, it's there. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's true. Right. Without, yeah. Regardless of of the author's intention, because authorship itself is definitely secondary um, in in meme meme culture. Right. Yeah. That's that's true. Do you? What do you know about? Um, I'm sure you could take guesses by platform, but what do you know about the types of people that? I want to put this into marketing terms a little bit. The, the each meme is a product and what do you know about the audience for each of those products? Are you able to, in your research, do you see who's, who is propagating the thing and who is following it and pumping it up or, or what do you see and what have you found about that? You mean, um, just, just for clarification, uh, memes around, uh, products or, or just memes, uh, thinking of memes as products yeah, and, that's right. and if you're thinking distribution. Of, if you're thinking of memes as products and you watch the distribution, which is 
uh, where um, you guys track, are you able to really clearly say, oh, this, the audience for this is this type of, of person almost down to a demographic or how, how precise can you get? Well, I think on Twitter, um, it, it does really depend on platforms, right? And I think uh, Twitter is, as far as um, accessibility and, and the depth of, of either segmentation or, you know, um, depth of details that we can get. Yeah, they give, um, they're, and, they're really open with their data platform. So if you're using any right. kind of social listening, it usually gives you some sort of a sketch of who it is. For sure. I mean, in term, yeah, for, for meme research, you know, um, out of all major platforms uh, where memes are circulating, yeah, Twitter definitely is a, is a big lead. And in terms of you know, reciprocal engagement between producers of memes, but also uh, audience of memes and, and co-producers of memes. And what I mean by that is that, you know, there are Definitely people who uh, not necessarily create a meme, but, you know, they'll they'll have, uh, you know, a new film or a new new video to share. And, you know, there is an audience that's associated with it. Um, there are people who like it and, and share it. But then there are also this uh, emerging uh, tier of people who frequently um, influence, uh, the development of these memes. Um, and I mean, for the lack of better terms today, uh, influencers. And you can see those, so, they're kind of like nodes in the network where you can see once it gets to them, they, they're able to blow the thing up. Right. And so we also have a, um, I guess a research protocol for, you know, when to start a profile article for, um, you know, this popular Instagram user. Well, that's really or this user. So you're able to know who their audience is and then you can figure out who the audience is for the, that it helped expand the thing to the next level. Right. Well, God. It's, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's something that's kind of like underexposed on our site is that, uh, and, and that's what we also uh, hope to bring to the, to our front end uh, on our site is the the ontology and the, and the family tree of, of memes that at the at the moment we can only see on our back end, but these are things that really that we really want to make it more accessible for people, but also um, analyze it and and make deeper deeper maps out of it. Uh, I think it's really cool, and I I, I love the work you're doing. Um, before I let you go, I want to ask you. What do you think is the most uh, vital? What's the, the the platform that you think is doing the most, um, having the most cultural impact today? Um, having the most prevailing, uh, the mo yeah. most prevailing platform. Um, I would I would have to say uh, I mean Twitter yeah. is still very much yeah. I think that's still think pretty the, central the, for for sharing ideas and getting ideas out. Uh, yeah, if we, you know, if we're measuring the the success of virality or or success of a meme saturating, uh, you know, over culture, uh, I think in terms of instantaneous uh, factor and you know how much it saturates and how divergent it spreads across other platforms, Twitter, um, I think rates, yeah. Uh, second to none. That's interesting because there's such a big crossover from platform to platform of people that use Twitter. So ideas are able to escape through there. 
Right. I mean, this is not to say it is the most influential platform when it comes to setting, you know, uh, setting the tone of, of certain things. So I think, you know, different communities uh, have found their different uh, niche to, to their roles. Yes. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, this was, um, this was awesome. I'm glad you made time to uh, dig in with me here and uh, nerd out on memes, which I guess, I guess you do every day. Yeah, I love doing this. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be doing this on your, yeah, on your podcast. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for humoring my. Some of my questions, I think, are kind of elementary for you. If you're, if you're thinking about memes all day long and doing the research, it's probably like, why are you asking that? That's kind of dumb. Oh, not at all. Like honestly, like if working on internet memes for ten years, like nothing is really, a, yeah. Nothing becomes dumb. <laughs> I mean, but uh, not. I, the, my point is, no, this has been a very uh, interesting conversation. Awesome. So thank you. Thank you very much again for joining us. And where can people find you on t- online, Brad? Um, you can find me um, with the handle, hi, I am Brad Kim, no contraction. Um, hi, I am Brad Kim. Uh, everywhere? Uh, pretty much on all platforms. Okay. Uh, yeah, I will. I'll post that in the show notes so people can find you on a couple of the platforms. Okay, sounds good. All right. Well, that was awesome. Thank you again. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. You too. Bye.